If you haven't checked out the Pot of Gold yet, what are you waiting for? The Pot of Gold is a database and a system for you to organize your content and start treating it like the asset that it is. If you want to avoid burnout, if you want to ever get out of the weeds of your business, if you want to stop spending your whole life on social media, if you want to outsource your content marketing to someone else while still maintaining your voice and your brand, this is the tool for you to do it. And it costs less than a fancy lunch. So go to carveldigital.com gold and check it out right now. And when you do, you'll also be one of the first to get invited to our content to clients workshop that is coming up June 14th through the 16th. This workshop is going to help make sure that you make the most of this tool and that you're set up to be strategic with your content so that it works for you all the time, making sales in your business, no matter what else you're doing. Go ahead and buy it now at carveldigital.com slash gold. Welcome to Begin As You Mean To Go On. If you're a woman of color with a mission-driven, service-based business, and you want to increase your income and your impact without burning out in the process, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Karanda Adair, recovering WordPress developer, content marketing coach, and CEO of Carvel Digital. I've survived being a black woman in the tech industry, getting fired for culture fit, and gone on to build a thriving business. I want to show you how to work hard once to create systems in your business that continue to work for you as you grow so that you can not just survive, but thrive and live your best life. Let's get it going. Hey friends, welcome back to Begin As You Mean To Go On. I'm so glad to be with you today. And I feel like today is a special episode because it's the first episode that I'm recording as a 50-year-old. Yep, my birthday was last week and I took some time off and it was amazing. It's a big birthday and usually in non-pandemic times, probably we would have planned a big party or something like that. And I'm kind of grateful because I really had to rethink what do I want to do with a birthday milestone like that. And so I just thought about what are the things that would make me happy and I decided the beach and horses and books. So we went to the beach for five days and we rode horses on the beach and I finished two books during the vacation and we went hiking and we did beach walks and we stayed at this amazing, amazing Airbnb on the coast. And it was a cute little A-frame house and it was perfect. Like I've never seen anything more perfectly decorated. It was awesome. So just coming back from that and getting back into it and feeling so refreshed and, you know, as happens, I get a little obsessive about things. And so after we came back from the trip, I kind of went down this YouTube rabbit hole, just obsessing about ocean waves and like the power of the ocean. Because one of the beach walks we did on the last day actually is at a place called Road's End. And you can walk all the way up the beach to this big cliff, basically, that's like jutting out. And when the tide is low, you can crawl over these rocks and you can get to like the secret beach. And so we did that because it was low tide and people were in there with their dogs. And and I just kept thinking, this is really cool. But like a few hours from now, it's going to be a watery grave. (laughs) I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so I went down a YouTube rabbit hole looking for things about like tidal waves and sneaker waves. And it's just amazing to me, like the power of the ocean. We didn't even take the dog. We probably for the first time in a year and a half, we left Obi here with an amazing trainer who basically made his life Disneyland. So he was not suffering at all. And so I didn't even have anyone to take care of. 
so it was great. And uh, when I woke up on my actual birthday, I came down, my wife had gotten up early and like decorated the whole place with, um, you know, black decorations. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was really, really amazing. So that's what I'm coming back from. And I'm just feeling like really refreshed. I feel like getting a break, like released all this creativity um, and everything just feels easier. Like marketing feels easier. I have all these ideas and it's really been a contrast to talk to some of my business owner friends who are deep in burnout. Like either they're in burnout or they're headed for burnout and the writing is just kind of on the wall. And I have definitely been there. And so today I want to talk to you about burnout and some strategies for avoiding it if you're not there. Cause you know, I always like to catch you beforehand and see if we can save you some of the pain and suffering, right? So if you've never experienced burnout in your business, then this is a great episode for you. But if it's too late and you're already in burnout, then I also want to give you some messages to give you some hope and give you a way to maybe claw your way out of the hole. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And before we dig in, of course, if this is your first episode, if, if this happens to be the first time that you're joining me, thank you. And go ahead and listen to the entire episode. And then at the end, I'll make an invitation for you to go ahead and subscribe and to leave us a five-star rating and review if you find this valuable. Okay, so let's dig in. I was thinking about the question, is burnout inevitable? And I don't know that it is. Maybe, maybe it is. I mean, if you're building a business, there's definitely always going to be times in business where you just, you have to hustle. Like you have to hustle and you have to grind it out to meet some kind of goal, but your business shouldn't stay that way, like over a long period of time, because that's not how we're designed to work. So I want to talk about three things. I want to talk about some of the causes of burnout. I want to talk about how to avoid it if you haven't experienced it yet. And then I want to talk about how to escape it. So some of the things that cause burnout is just having this unsustainable pace, right? And we get in, I think it's kind of like those sneaker waves, right? We're just, we're standing on the beach and we're having a good time. And then all of a sudden we're just like engulfed by our business. And we're like, when did that happen? Because I know when I started business, I just was like, okay, this is what I need to do. And then I'm doing the next thing. And then I'm doing the next thing. And I think a lot of us go into that like that. We're just doing the next thing. And we suddenly build ourselves this job that we can't escape from. And you're working, maybe you're working like 10, 12, 16 hour days and you're working weekends and you're not eating well and you're not spending time with your loved ones. And it just kind of creeps up on us and we're not sure how it happened. And one of the things that causes that is just building a business that is going at an unsustainable pace because everyone needs to rest. Like it is natural for things to go in cycles and everything needs to rest. So if you haven't built that into your business, then you're eventually going to suffer for that. Your health, your mental health, your physical health, your ability to actually do the work that you do really well, all of that is going to suffer. The next thing that I think really contributes to burnout is poor boundaries. And these two are very related, right? Because if you have poor boundaries, if you're a service provider, if you can't limit the scope creep and you can't define the boundaries of your service, then that is going to one of the things that's going to lead to that unsustainable pace. And I was on my coaching call with my clients this week after coming back 
And uh, one of my clients mentioned having to deal with a really frustrating web host because that's the host that her client wanted. And I was like, yeah, but you're, you're the expert, right? Having this hosting company, having this tool is costing time and money because it's not working the way that it should. So as the expert, you should have the authority to say, you know what, you told me you wanted result ABC and this is not going to get you there. So here's what we need to do. And this is a line in the sand that I drew very early on in my career. It's still my most read blog post was about a web host that I choose not to deal with, right? And one of the things that we have to remember is that as a business owner, as the CEO, like you get to decide what you tolerate. You get to decide how you design your business and who you want to work with. And one of your jobs is to choose clients who trust your expertise so that you can actually give them the results that they want. Client selection is really huge. And being able to draw those boundaries, whether it's the boundary of, okay, we're already in this relationship, but let me just remind you, these are the things you said you wanted, and that's why I'm making these suggestions, right? Or maybe it's the boundary of learning those red flags, and then when you see those red flags come up in prospects saying, you know what, this isn't a good fit, and just dodging that bullet altogether. That's my personal choice. So I want to remind you that boundary setting is key. And if you don't do this, then your clients are just, they're just going to, they're not trying to be, most clients are not trying to be problematic or rude or clients from hell. Like they're just, they want what they want and they don't know what they don't know. So it's up to you to really set those boundaries and guide them to the result that they want. And then the other thing that causes burnout is low pricing, this is particularly important because if you're already headed down the path, you're already working too much and you're not getting paid enough for it, then you're not going to be able to invest in the help you need to get out of that situation. So that is a really, really dangerous thing. And low pricing comes from a lot of things. I think the number one thing it comes from is just lack of confidence in your offer. Like maybe you're new or maybe you're not sure about the results you can get for people. But if you've been doing this a while and you know you get results from people and you still are pricing too low, then you really need to look at that and, and go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what is going to be a way to make my pricing sustainable for my business. Because if you continue down that path, your business is not going to survive and then you're not going to be able to help anybody. So those are some of the causes. So let's talk about maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, okay, how do I just like take the other fork and avoid burnoutville altogether? I have three tips on how to do that. And the first thing is to really be intentional and design your business around your life from the beginning. Now, I say that now, I didn't do that for sure. I didn't have the luxury of doing that, but I'm especially thrilled because I have a couple of clients right now who are very early in their journey and so I get to help them kind of avoid the pitfalls that I just talked about and really start to design the business intentionally from the ground up so that they can hopefully avoid burnoutville in the future. And I have to say, I don't think that if you're really new in business, I don't think you can really do this without a mentor of some kind because there are so many barriers to having the confidence that you need to have in order to do this. Maybe if it's your second business or you had like a really amazing corporate career or you had a, like 
you have a really amazing skill and you're really confident in some other area, like you can bring that over to your business. But, you know, when I started my business, uh, I didn't, nobody in my family had ever had a business that I knew of. Like I didn't have any business background or education. So I was just out here like, hey, I'll make websites for people if you give me money. And I think a lot of people are starting like that. And so if that's you, you really need to get a mentor because that's someone who's going to know like, oh, these are the, these are the potholes that you're headed for. Let me steer you around those, right? And let me just shorten your learning curve here from some of the things that you're going to have to go through. So designing your business around your life from the beginning, super, super important. And I have a business acquaintance who owns, well, several businesses, but one is a really cute coffee shop that's in my neighborhood. And I'll never forget talking to her because she's someone who definitely from the beginning always built her business to be a business, right? She's like, her mom was really, really great at baking and she knew that her mom was really, really bad at selling. So she's like, you can either be the baker or you can be the CEO, but not both. And so it was really instrumental talking to her and realizing like, oh, there are people who just do this from the beginning and structure their business well from the beginning to run as a business. So it can be done. The second thing, and I know this probably isn't going to shock anybody who's been listening to this podcast for any time at all, but you have to create systems from the beginning. And I say that with a grain of salt because you don't want to over-systemize and you don't want to focus too much in the beginning. You really, you're focused on getting clients, right? Getting people to actually pay you money for your service should be your absolute number one concern. However, building the habit of being systems-minded is a great thing to do, even if you're newer in business. And I'll give you an example. When I was in school learning to be a developer, I learned about version control. And version control is just a way of you're writing code to build an application or a website or something like that. And maybe you have to collaborate with other people. And so you have different versions. As soon as somebody makes a change and you have two people working on something, well, how do you know what's the latest version? And so that's why they came up with version control. And as soon as I learned that that was a thing and that that's what professional developers did, then I immediately just incorporated that into my process. And that's the way that I built sites and apps like from that point on, because I know, oh, when I get into the professional world, this is how it's going to be done. So let me just learn to do that now and incorporate it. And I think that's the attitude that you can have about systems, right? So learning about systems and practically what that might look like for you is saying like, hey, I'm just getting started with this and I'm not sure exactly what my final systems are going to be, but let me just get in the habit of when I do have a process that I know works, I just take five, 10 minutes and I make a video about it and I stick it in my Google Drive, right? And that could be how you start. Another example of this is my good friend, Megan. Go back to episode six and you can listen to our money mapping episode. She's a profit first professional and she has said over and over again that when you start doing something like profit first, and maybe you're not making that much money, it's not so much the amount that you set aside, it's building that habit. So even if you just are setting aside 1% of your income in your profit account, it's just the fact that you're building that habit and building that muscle and making it a regular thing that's important, not the actual amount. So when you're thinking about systems and you're new in business, think about it like that. Think about what can you do to build a systems habit? And the final thing to do to avoid burnout is to plan for your financial success. And this is something, again, like Megan is awesome at. So definitely recommend going back and listening to her episode and following her. But planning for your financial success means actually getting real and specific about 
what do you need to make in your business? And not just pulling a number out of your butt, right? Saying like, I talk to so many entrepreneurs when I ask them their financial goals and they'll say, oh, if I could just make 5K a month, if I could just take make 10K a month. And they have no idea what it actually costs to run their business in a way that's sustainable, right? They're thinking about it as, well, if I can just make this money, right? But they already know they hate doing social media. So that means you're going to have to hire somebody to do that. Or they already know they hate certain things in their business and they don't want to do them. Or they're really bad with technology, so they're going to need help in that area. You already know. So go and research, what is it going to cost me to get help in these areas? And let me structure my pricing and my offers in a way that's going to allow me to get that help very early on. So those are the three things to avoid burnout. Designing your business around your life from the beginning. If you know you have people in your life that you need to care for, if you know that you want to go hiking every Friday, like design your business around your life. Create systems from the beginning and plan for your financial success, okay? Let's talk about if you're already in the hole, right? Lassie is running uh, because Timmy fell down the well and you're Timmy, (laughs) And, and you're just like, you're just kind of clawing your way through day to day. The first thing is, I think, to just understand that you have dug yourself a hole and climbing out of it is going to require some extra effort. And <laughs> I think when you're exhausted from just getting through the day and your resources are depleted, the idea that you are going to have to work harder in some ways to actually fix it can be really debilitating to people. But you also have to keep in mind the vision of what it is you're going towards. And I've had some really, really dark times in my business. And when I was in the middle of those times, I still kept my eye on the prize and my focus on what is it that I want to be happening? What is it that I want to be moving towards? And so that's what you have to understand is that if you're in the middle of those 12, 16 hour days right now, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a way to get your time back, but it is going to require more and different effort on your part, right? You're going to have to do something different. So I think the first thing is just understanding that and really wrapping your mind around that so that you can make that effort. The second thing is decide what is actually essential. Like what is it that you actually want to be doing in your business and how much of it do you want to be doing? So what are the things that you like? So, you know, in my business, I really like content creation. I still like dabbling with tech. Like there's lots of things I actually like doing in the business. And then there's lots of things that I don't like doing or I shouldn't be doing or I don't have time to do. And so you have to make that list. And one of the things that my operations manager, when she first came on board, we sat down and we actually made uh, a map of like, what are all the tasks that are happening in the business right now, mapped it out on the spreadsheet and then said, okay, of these tasks, what are the ones that I should actually be doing? Right. And it was a very small chunk of a very long list, right? There were all these things that didn't really require me to be doing. There's certain things that you as the CEO or you as the expert only you can do, but there are so many other things that other people could be brought in to help you do. And if you follow Clockwork at All, which is a book about designing your business to run itself, it's by Mike Michalowicz, who is also the author of Profit First. So highly recommend that book. And if you get it, they talk about your finding your QBR or your queen bee role 
And that's kind of the thing that's like, if you didn't do this thing, your business was collapsed, right? And so that's the thing you can really hang your hat on is like, we got to make sure that this thing is happening. Not necessarily that you're doing it, but we got to make sure that this thing is happening because that's what the whole business hinges on. So great book. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So deciding what is essential, right? And then you got to decide what are you going to release, right? What are you going to let go of? And as entrepreneurs, uh, we tend to be control freaks. We tend to think like we're the best person to do it all. And that's definitely not always the case. So you have to figure out like, what are the things that need to be done still, right? There might be some things that you can just get rid of altogether, but of the things that need to be done, what are you going to release? Because that's going to prepare you for the next step, which is actually getting the help for other people to start doing those things. And then the last thing is you're going to have to pay for some help. If you're in the trenches and you're working super long hours and so you don't really have a lot of time, then hopefully you're charging enough, right, that you can actually pay for some help and get some people inside your business to start helping you with things. And this is where I'm going to recommend you go back and listen to my episode, my interview with Veronica Jans, who's actually a systems queen, and that is what she does. She comes in and she sets up systems in people's businesses. There's lots of ways to get help. And a lot of people think, you know, as their first thing, they think, oh, I'm just, I need to get a VA, right? I need to get a virtual assistant. And that's not always the best move. So sometimes having a consultant come in and really assess what's going on from outside of the business, right? Because you're you're tired, you're burnout, you're in the trenches every day, you can't see the forest for the trees. So having someone come in and just say, let's just look at what's going on and get that outside perspective and having that person say, okay, from what you've told me, here's what I recommend you do first. And that can be a great way to guide you to maybe a better decision about your first hire or who you should go to for help first. So those are my tips about burnout. I hope this has been um, useful for you. I want to tell you that having been in burnout for several years, probably the place that I'm at in my business, it just feels so spacious and so dreamy, like having a team who actually supports me to be able to go on vacation. Um, When I came back from vacation, we have our all team, our all hands team meetings on Tuesdays. And of course I wasn't there and they said, oh, you should go watch the recording of, of the all hands last week. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. So I go to watch this meeting and it's just them not talking about work at all. It's just them wishing me happy birthday and saying nice things about how much they like working for the company. And I was just like, ugly cry emojis and threatening me if I showed up on ClickUp or Slack while I was on vacation. So I just want to let you know that there's life on the other side, but you're going to have to put on your big girl pants and you're going to have to do some different kind of work to get yourself out of it, but it can be done and it's really awesome on the other side. All right, y'all, that's what I have for you today. I hope it was helpful. And now if you got value out of this episode, now's the time. Now's the time when you get to go and um, subscribe so you can get notified of new episodes. Leave that five-star rating and review. And if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're a YouTube person, we're also on YouTube. So you can head over to our YouTube channel in the show notes and you can subscribe there and you can like the video and you can share them from there. So look forward to you doing that and uh, look forward to you seeing on the next episode. Until then, don't forget to begin as you mean to go on. If you haven't quite figured out how to go from content to clients, then you're going to want to register for our Content Heroes Workshop coming up June 14th through 16th. 
This workshop is going to take you through a process to make sure that one, you have 50 to 100 content ideas that are perfect for attracting people to your market and encouraging them to buy. So you're never going to have to face the blank page again. You're never going to have to struggle with ideas. We're going to just knock that out and get that out of the way. Next, we're going to look at what is it that your prospects need to hear from you in order to buy. And we're going to prioritize what content you should create first. And then finally, we're going to actually get you creating and publishing your content so that you can start getting the word out to get clients coming to you. If you're someone who has a ton of content and it's all over the place and you can't put your hands on it, this workshop is for you too, because I'm going to show you how to wrangle all of that content, how to use the pot of gold content marketing database to organize it and get strategic so you can deploy that content exactly when and where you need it in front of the right people at the right time to get them to buy. So all you have to do is go to carveldigital.com slash gold and purchase the pot of gold. Once you do that, you'll automatically be eligible and you'll be invited to register for the workshop. All right. I hope to see you soon.